Hi, I'm Nathan. I'm Lisa. I'm Ryan. I'm Jason. And I'm Leslie. Better Together Podcast, bringing educators together for real talk. Like peanut butter and jelly. Movies and popcorn. And banana and pancakes. We're all better together. Right, so we keep with this theme of like better together, and ever since we started this, I notice this everywhere we I go. Like, oh, those things are so much better together. So recently, my aunt was visiting, and she went to make a sandwich for lunch, and this was her sandwich: peanut butter and tomato. Oh, <laughs> I said to her, "This is gross. That is not better together." And she was like, "No, it's so good. You need to try it. Like, don't knock it till you try it." I didn't try it because I don't like tomatoes. She made one for my mom. My mom ate it, and She's she said, good. "Peanut butter and tomato is better together on a sandwich," which is crazy. So I think sometimes there's things that you might think are better together that other oh. people are like, "Nope." Not, Not for, for me. me. Not mm. for me. A lot of people that... put tomatoes in their like um, cottage cheese. Oh. See, I'm from the southern Virginia. Like that. That's so just strange, they. but that's so what they. they do. And they put salt on watermelon. Yes, my mom, my all our family does that too. They and it makes it like better for them. I guess better together. Salt on watermelon. Anywho, all right. Well, we're better together because we're, we're here once better again. Together. We have exciting things to talk about. Yes, we do. So. I think um, the most pressing thing that comes up right now is we, we've watched teachers in our buildings, like, you know, get their classrooms all set up, and they're working on um, routines and helping their students. And so now is the time when they're really starting to um, think forward and think, of like, long-term, like, what do they want to accomplish, mm-hmm. where do they want their students to be. They've learned a little bit about their kids. They know their needs and what they, how they're, um, what might be successful and easy for them and what might be more difficult. And so... Um, a lot of the work that we do, which is supporting teachers with technology and instruction, becomes like super impactful because people they, they like want to try new things and um, and I think we were talking about this before and we've talked about this over and over again is um, a lot of times, you know, people will just choose these cool tools like tools are everywhere like there are resources for teachers just <clears throat> by millions and and oftentimes I'll get emails like I want to use this tool and I want to use that tool and I want to do this and so I think we were talking about like just having kind of bringing over that conversation we had earlier which was the intentionality piece and so really bringing a focus and an intentionality to tools and talking about how we can make it better together Mm -hmm. other than just and I think a way to do this to always ask why like why are you using this tool what is it about this tool that's going to make it better for your students. What is the outcome? What is it that you want your students to be able to do or to learn? Like not just, hey, I heard I should use Google Classroom. Right. Okay, but why do you want to use Google Classroom? You know, I have questions like that all the time. Teachers are like, well, should I use Google Classroom or should I use Google Sites? Isn't Google Sites the thing I should use? And I go back and I'm like, well, tell me why you want to use Google Sites. Mm -hmm. Because you just learned that there's a really cool thing you can make a website. Right. But why? Yeah. Well, and I think there's a, a lot of pressure now that, you know, FCPS on is moving mm-hmm. forward. I, I feel like there's teachers, a lot of teachers feel this pressure that I need to start using these tools mm-hmm. because it's coming down the pike and I'm going to have to do it anyway. But I agree. I think the more that 
we as coaches can kind of slow them down a little bit mm -hmm. and say, you shouldn't just be using a tool for tool's mm -hmm. sake. You need to be thinking about your learning targets, your outcomes, how it connects to where you want your students to go, how you want them to connect to the material, I think really makes, really makes all the difference. I found myself at back to school night, we had like a session where, you know, the specialists are there and so parents can come in and they can have, you know, talk to the specialists and I have little like kindergarten parents that are coming in and they're like, yeah, what, what is this? Every kid in the school gets their own computer, like what does that mean? And How often is my kid going to be on the computer? And uh -huh. I say all the time, the computer is just another tool that they are going to right. be using. There's a lot of tools that they're going to use. They're in kindergarten, they're going to use markers, they're going to use crayons, they're going to use paper, they're going to use building blocks. Like and it's just another tool. So I feel like in order to really, as I say that to parents, and I promise to them, like it's not gonna be something that's not used without having a good purpose behind it. Right. You know, it's like, it's important for me as a coach to then instill that in my teachers. Right. So then it gets to, you know, how do we support, like how do we support our teachers with that? Like how do we get into classrooms and have those conversations with teachers? Yeah, and it's interesting because I think in our last last time we were together, we talked a little bit about this, and one of the questions came up was, like, you know, I think we always talk about how it is important to understand your why, um, and you move into using a tool, and then there was kind of like a little bit of a pushback on that statement and saying, well, maybe is it sometimes that you use a tool and then you really understand the why. Mm -hmm. And I think this is an important conversation, particularly as like coaches and like people who work with teachers and support them, um, is where do you start? And um, with the like reality of education and the time and the like, how do you, how can you do that? So I think it's a, it's a tricky it's like even if you believe wholeheartedly and know that the why is the most important thing, can you always start with the why? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, I think I used to, when I first became a technology specialist, I used to do trainings on tools, right? And so it would be come learn about Google Forms, come learn Just, about Google Classroom, come learn about Wixie, and that was it. It was like a standalone training. And when I started working at the school I'm at now, and I said that to my principal, she said, you know, I would rather you not just do a training on a tool and do, you know, let's make it more purposeful and let's tie it in with something else, which is why mm -hmm. at my school, whenever I do something around a tool, it's tied in with somebody else in my building. It's not yeah. just me, the technology coach. It's maybe the advanced academics resource teacher, the math specialist, the reading teacher, whoever it is, so that we're tying in a purpose behind the tool. It's yeah. not just teaching them, you know. Yeah. And then also with that, we might use a tool. So for example, Pear Deck, that's like the thing. It's like the, one of the newest tools, right? Yeah. But in teaching about Pear Deck, we actually used Pear Deck so that the teachers get to be a student right. with that tool, see what mm -hmm. it's like. Yeah. So that they're not just jumping in and using it. They see what it might be like if they were a student. And then they get that, they right. get that experience of, oh, this might be a good way to use it or not a good way to use it, but at least they get that. Yeah, and, and that's interesting because that's one of those things I was just thinking about. Like if you take Pear Deck, for example, which is a great great place to work on having formative assessment and being mm -hmm. able to get data. And um, But if a teacher doesn't use that data to mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. make instructional changes, like is it really valuable? And mm -hmm. so that's where like that culture of building um, 
teacher and like instructional staff's understanding mm-hmm. of the nature of we have to stop and we have to reflect and we have to think about what's right and working for kids and we have to continually um, check in with them, which I think most teachers do mm-hmm. on a regular basis, but like. Um, and that's where the tool becomes so effective, right? Particularly in a one-to-one environment. Like mm-hmm. you have the luxury of like having 100% participation and a quick view of where your students are. But if you don't value that and you're not making choices based on that information, mm-hmm. yeah, is it matter? Does it matter? I mean, we might have engaged the kids, which is a win. Mm-hmm. But there's always a deeper level of like um, how far we're getting. So. Mm-hmm. I wonder as you guys were talking, like, so let's say I'm an SBIT and I don't have the face time to do like mm. what you're doing, Leslie, where I can work with a math specialist or an instructional coach and I can then be, have my face in front of teachers and do some of that work. How am I still able to get my point across to teachers to, to get to that why or to get to that intentionality mm-hmm. with the tool? You know, I mean, is it, would it still be effective doing that in a virtual environment, like sending out an email or putting a video mm-hmm. together? And, like, would that still have the same impact, do you think? Or do you think it would mm. kind of be lost? Mm, that's a good question. <laughs> I think we, we, I mean, earlier we were talking about that, how you can share things virtually. And we know yeah. that all of our students and all of our teachers and uh, I mean, and us, we all learn in different ways. Yeah, yeah. And some people still want a face-to-face conversation. Mm-hmm. They want to. They want to give and get. Like I just want to sit there. And I don't want you to give it to me, right? Yeah. And then there's other people that can go and learn virtually. And I might send an email, and there might be watch this video, and maybe three people click on it. Yeah. But that's three people. Yeah. That. Yeah got it and mm-hmm. i think that goes back to all of this whole intentionality and, and the why like yeah. why, why why would we do and use any tool because that's that's what matches it matches the purpose of our yeah. whatever our outcomes are and so same thing like why would you send it out virtually because you can't reach them all face to face so you're going to reach right. some yeah. virtually you and you, if you provide it at least in multiple avenues yeah i don't yeah. know it's no no, well, no but i agree I, it's if, a, if, if it's if you can reach three people as opposed to reaching zero people you've at least had some sort of an impact Mm -hmm. there's a parallel here of outcomes it's like anyone training people obviously has to have clear outcomes and provide clear situations where those outcomes are going to be met it's exact same task we're asking teachers to do Mm -hmm. what do you want your kids to be able to do when you do x after you do something in the classroom and some of those things can be long-term things like you want them to be able you know you're going to be assigning them a project much later on so you need to practice a certain skill set and technology seems to offer that or sometimes it's like in the moment i need them to be able to and that technology meets um a need for that particular standard or that particular activity mm-hmm. um but i'm going to jump in here well, I know. Sorry, we talk a lot. If no, you haven't good. noticed, <laughs> I also think all the things that you guys have said it are are spot on. I also think allowing yourself time mm-hmm. to to change that culture because starting with the why is so hard in a school setting because everything moves so fast, and developing that mindset to consider the intentionality and the why takes time. So mm-hmm. a lot of new aspects, especially, want to change the world immediately, mm-hmm. and allowing yourself the, the permission. Giving yourself permission to take the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is a long game to develop a culture where you you actually understand why it is you're doing something. 
So. I know you can't see it, but I'm, I'm trying to do that connecting thing. <laughs> I was looking like, is there a bell in here? Ding, 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 ding. Because, again, the same thing is true for teachers. Like, like I see over and burnout because they'll like, they, like, want to know every tool. Right. They just want to, like, be, they want to have all the technology mm-hmm. because we always feel this, like, we're compelled Pressure. to have it all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we, even as tech coaches, recognize, like, that's not... What does not work for everybody? Right. Yeah. And so, like, I, I was saying that there are teachers that, that get in the lane of, like, I can't do all of that, so they don't do any mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's, like, one thing that both teachers and coaches have to be thinking about because students feel the same way. They don't mm-hmm. want to take risks, and they're afraid. And so then, you know, so, like, setting them up with, with – um, scaffolding in the classroom but also when I'm working with a teacher I have to be able to say like it's totally cool that you're just going to branch and do this this year but don't don't try to compare yourself to someone else like that's not um that's not going to be a useful way to like move in and grow yeah that goes along with the whole motto of you know the Chantilly pyramid that we had of the pick one thing you know to start Mm -hmm. slow and Mm -hmm. to kind of branch out from there and I feel like you need to like you were saying take over the world and mm-hmm. and do do everything. and the reality is it's really difficult to pick one thing like even in no, general like right I mean like that is the well or even to pick two things well especially now because there's just so much there's so many and I'm wondering like the tools that are out there now there you can use them in a number of ways yeah. so like one thing that I would consider is like and I know that we've, we're, we're going to focus on a tool but what is that how does that tool support reading how does that tool right. support content how does that mm-hmm. support Math, like you could take months collaboration. Just you could focus on one thing and how it and how it impacts your entire curriculum, and that could take you three months Mm -hmm. or more. You know, and then you allow teachers to digest and to connect in however they're comfortable, either Mm -hmm. through your virtual connections or face to face or this, that, or the other. So, and of course, we're dealing with that like uncomfortable like gap period of time where. We're still dealing with educators who were not all educated in this way. I mean, I know this comes up at the same old age-old conversation, but the reality is, is that if you haven't had a lot of experience as a learner, it is much harder to take those leaps. And so you see, like, I mean, it's like, so someone who didn't really have that has a lot more steps than necessarily someone who who did learn that way, but maybe is just naturally inclined or it comes easier. So, like, you definitely see... And how it then compounds. So, like, if you let yourself be overwhelmed and get nowhere, you just mm-hmm. stay on that same step year after year. Mm-hmm. And, and they keep adding 20 steps every year. So, like, your your journey and your leap is going to take so much longer. And it's like, how do you, how do we encourage people to take those steps? And I think what you were saying, Jason, which was, like, being able to maybe just embrace something mm-hmm. and take it over a curriculum period of time yeah. mm-hmm. um, would be a smart start. I want to jump in here as well. Come on in. Uh, One of the big things that I think a lot of people overlook is the process, Mm -hmm. the the journey itself. Oftentimes we try to jump too far with a tool but not know the building blocks of how to basically work with Mm -hmm. that tool. Mm -hmm. And you you think of it with like anything in life, like, you know, with coaching, for instance, with sports, you want to teach the fundamental Mm -hmm. That, you know the fundamental skill sets mm-hmm. to go to the more advanced concepts. And I think a lot of times we overlook the advan- we overlook the fundamental skills and go right into the advanced concepts. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, it's kind of going back to that whole scaffolding process. You kind of have to work with your personnel, yeah. 
work with their abilities and then yeah. try to maximize those abilities. Mm-hmm. I have that like those. Mm-hmm. I love that like eye line when you look at people and they got the big eyes and they're like, <laughs> "OMG, this is not working for me." Yeah. Like, and then you're just like, "Yes, that's not gonna work." So, and I I remember when I first came to high school, people were like immediately like, like "Look." You're gonna have to write everything down uh-huh. for me, <laughs> like it's. But I think that's such a gift. Like if you know yourself as a learner, and that's what we have to give you know kids that opportunity to really to understand what they need and how they're the scaffolding they're gonna need. And I think like that goes to the PD part of that. Like how do you how do you help teachers understand the why or mm-hmm. even consider the why? And I feel like it does take time and. I think self-directed learning is a, is a thing now. Like, you mm-hmm. have to be self-directed in your own learning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. So I think, and I don't think that we went, we did not go through school that way. So we're yeah. learning how yeah. we learn. So mm-hmm. I feel like being exposed to all the different types of ways, which leads to, you know, taking the time and, and developing the understanding around a tool in different ways allows mm-hmm. folks over the long term to understand themselves better as a learner. Yeah. Uh, and then you as a coach... You learn that as well. Like, how do these folks learn? Yeah. And, and I think then that kind of leads into reflecting. I think mm-hmm. teachers need to take that time to to reflect and think about, well, how did that work? Did that really meet my expectations? Did that really meet the goal that I was looking mm-hmm. for with my students? Did that get me outside of my comfort yeah. zone a little too far? Maybe I need to scale that back. Maybe mm-hmm. I need to try a different tool, mm-hmm. those kind of things. So I think, you know, for the teacher and even, even for uh, ourselves too. I think sometimes yeah. you know we need to stop and reflect. Like we did a PD or we presented on this. Mm-hmm. Did that really model and set up the expectations that we're looking for for teachers, or mm-hmm. or right. did yeah. we kind of miss the point there? And that right. kind of leads into goal setting, especially with you know learning you know a particular process. If mm-hmm. you don't have those goals laid out, where you know visible goals more or yeah. less, you're not going to. You know, if you don't hit those goals, you're going to feel overwhelmed and you're going to mm-hmm. feel, uh, mm-hmm. you know, disappointed. So you kind of have to really make sure your goals are, you know, realistic and yep. set right. in terms of how you use those applications and tools. Yep. Mm-hmm. So how, I feel like we say, we all know, like, yeah, reflection is good. It's it's the, it's the biggest thing that's missed for our students, yep. right? Like, you can mm-hmm. build it in mm-hmm. to your yeah. lesson plans or whatever, mm-hmm. and then when it comes right down to it, it's like, oh, okay, we don't have time to reflect. We got to go because yeah. <laughs> yeah. next, the, tomorrow's coming, and then we got to get to this next yep. unit and da-da-da-da. And so I feel like as teachers, how, how do we build that in for them, you right. know, in our, in our role and make Use sure technology. that that's not over? Yeah. Ah. <laughs> well, I, mean, I think... If that's your why, like, I have a hard time finding time to reflect, and it's and we know it's important, so why don't we utilize technology to help us? Right. You know, and that's, and that's my intentionality there. Yeah. There you go. And I think, too, um, you know, like I'm, I'm thinking about a very specific example. Like, we, we were talking about professional learning in this group earlier today, and so, you know, and as we start to kind of, allow people to personalize and take ownership over their own PD. We also recognize that we all have abilities to do that well, and some of it is a struggle mm-hmm. in many ways. But um, And I think oftentimes we think of learning as just like the doing of, or like the learning, and we don't build in enough time for reflection, just like what mm-hmm. you're saying. Mm-hmm. So I think we have to be intentional. That's just probably a whole other podcast, to be honest with you. Intentionality with reflection, like, yeah. how, like how crucial it is to give people time. In fact, last year, and I know this is a bit of an aside, but we did some learning walks, virtual learning mm-hmm. walks. Do you remember mm-hmm. um, Julie Foss? 
that was here with us. And I found a note to myself somewhere when I was cleaning out my stuff at the end of the year, at the beginning of this year. And it said, like, what do I want to change? Because I was frustrated. Like, how can I support teachers the best? How can I help them to know all the tools and have to know all the whys and know all the things? And, um, And my thing was, like, it's not about the knowing. It's about giving them space to think and reflect. And so, like, that was what I walked away from, like, this experience. And, like, I'm getting the chills. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just got the chills because I know, (laughs) I know that I can build opportunities all day long. And I think this is the same for kids. Like, you can provide them multiple opportunities to use technology, but if you don't stop and let them reflect on what they did well and what they didn't do well and what was their hang-up and what Mm -hmm. if we don't build in reflection time we're missing like the meat of everything and Mm -hmm. so like as I think about that and it's something that I've thought about this year as moving forward and supporting teachers like staying the course and being having a goal setting is you know to have not a session on how to use blank to do blank which is a really powerful thing because it's connected to some sort of mm-hmm. curriculum or some sort of strategy and a why. But like, like I call it like, it's like coffee talk, like conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to call it reflection because nobody will show up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real honest. If you're listening, it's, you know, don't know. It's like, we're going to make it cool. But really it's about people sitting around and just chatting yeah. and talking about it because that's what we do. We mm-hmm. all just talk and learn from each other and like internally reflect mm-hmm. and think about how we're going to change our practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think we have to foster that more. Well, I, I love that I, idea. Yeah, I think without the reflection, especially for students, they don't make the connections a lot of no. times. Mm-hmm. So that content that they've learned just becomes in one ear and out the other because mm-hmm. they can't can't connect it to themselves, they can't connect it to the real world mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. whatever else is going on because they don't have the time to sit and process and really think about it. It's more of just, mm-hmm. I've got to get this done, I've got to get this done, I've got to put in this data, put mm-hmm. in this input, and then mm-hmm. i got to move on to my next class. I think about this time of year, like I've been visiting classrooms, younger classrooms, and helping them with devices, and I keep saying the statement, like, I know that you know how to use technology. Like, that is a given. Like, we yeah. know little, tiny, young children can use technology. But what we do know is that you don't probably know how to use it for your own learning. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I keep saying that, but... Like, I'm having a bit of an aha in this conversation about, like, I don't even think, even think I've pushed that with my teachers mm-hmm. to have, are they having conversations with their kids about and reflecting on their experiences? Mm-hmm. Like, not just their learning, but, like, what they did with the tool and maybe what it provided them. Because think about it. When that person grows up, they've got to be able to make those really critical thinking, those, mm-hmm. those ties. We're asking teachers to be able to understand a why and find a tool that matches. Mm-hmm. We have to build that throughout the time. They have to know why they were using it and did it meet their needs and what. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, we need to build that in more. And this makes me think I was having a conversation with our high school learning circles. Um, <laughs> no, Love their names. Yeah, thanks. Um, I was talking with one of the newer uh, ESPITs. And they were asking, like, what's kind of one of the big things that you uh, would recommend? And that was the thing that I recommended was reflection. And I talked about my personal experience. I said my first year, I made a point of 30 minutes before I would leave, I would stop. And I would just journal and write down whatever came to my head about that day or about what I struggled with or about what I needed to do better or Mm -hmm. whatever. So that that way... um, I could kind of close the chapter of that day and, and know either what I needed to focus on the next day or what I did really well and I could leave and feel proud about, mm-hmm. hey, wow, I really mm-hmm. got 
something you can see your growth over time. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I mean. And what's great. interesting is like I thought about that immediately. I was like, oh, that's so amazing. I should do that. And I'm like, but I really don't like to write about things. Like I, yeah. that's not my mm-hmm. style. But then I was thinking like, this is what I like. Like yeah. I like yeah. talking like to talking. people. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but I'm I need to you. know that. And then. I just need to sit and have a five-minute conversation, and I have, like, a revelation about yeah. what i got to do differently. <laughs> you know? So, I don't know. I think it's tougher, in a, you know, in an age where we want things done is instantly sure. to take that time to reflect. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it could be through a journal. It could be through talking. It could also just be through, you know, being mindful and mm-hmm. just relaxing. Yeah. And then sure. gathering those thoughts internally. So, I think there's, you know, I think we really need to – take pause and make sure that we reflect every so often so that way we you know get ideas that we can develop Mm -hmm. long term so maybe next time we could you know there's a lot to talk about but I'm just thinking like you know I hear this I'm a teacher or even a instructor a coach or whatever like you know but what are the ways like Mm -hmm. how can I build intentional reflection right within tools and within all different things that's something I'm curious about I want to think a little bit more about so with you. Next time. Next time. All right. <sighs> Thanks, everybody. Within five yep. minutes.